I don't know if that's the same thing oh. at all, but that's the main puncture wound there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can remember. Yeah. It was, my glove, I turned my glove inside out because it's like fabric back and yeah. the rubber fingers. Yeah. So got, there's a big patch of blood on the inside of the glove oh, where it got goodness. me. <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that asks that question, Netflix or cinema, where are you going to spend your hard-earned money? My name is Tosin and I am your slightly under-the-weather host, based up in Coventry, near in the Midlands, and joining me on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hi, you guys. <laughs> right, so now, um, this is a week in which... Uh, well, there's a lot of things that's happened. There's been a new James Bond trailer that's been released. There's been a new Black Widow trailer that's been released. Have you guys seen any of those? I haven't, personally. No. Oh, you haven't? Oh, you haven't? Oh, okay. No, we haven't seen them. Okay, you have a, have, a cha- have a look at the James Bond trailer, and then we'll have a chat next week. Because I was, I was, okay. I was speaking to Holly, our London correspondent, um, on Twitter, and she was like, have you seen this? And I, and I was like, yeah, it, it's a... It's a curious, it's a curious sort of combination of punch the air moments and moments that make me go, mm, oh, I'm not sure about that. Oh, what, what, oh, oh, what's going, where's that going? So yeah, but okay, have a look at that. And the I did, I didn't see it being filmed, but I did hear the Bond film being filmed off the island this summer. Really? And um, we were warned that it was going to be filmed wow. off the coast of Ventnor, and we we're in a couple of our gardens. We were being, we we saw helicopters and. We, we heard the sounds of, you know, racing and zooming about. So I am aware that it ding, was ding, filmed ding, off the coast ding. of the island. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. And and the, band, any... the, the band's not quite so bad. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if they have any long shots and they see gardeners lurking about a clifftop garden, that could be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, now now I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to reevaluate every single shot in this trailer that films them on water. Because, it, yeah. I... See if it looks... If it reminds you of like Steep Hill Cove or Ventnor, something like that, oh. that's where we heard it. We were just above Ventnor. Oh, oh, because you see, now we used to have another podcast called "They Don't Make Them Like They Used To." Well, because we were based on the Isle of Wight, we had a section which was called "Isle of Movies," where we spoke about movies that were filmed on the Isle of Wight. I, I did not. Yes. I did not expect James Bond. We can now add a bond to the. Yeah, we can add bonds to the list. I did not expect James Bond to make the cut. So. <laughs> But now he is in the illustrious com- company of films like the David Essex starring That Will Be The Day. But That's it, the <laughs> highlight. <laughs> uh, all right, so, uh, okay, yeah, but that, that's happened this week. But the real, real big yes. big news this week is that, Sharon, you you had your own Jurassic Park <laughs> incident, didn't you, this week? You had like, did. You had a, like a life or death experience with some <laughs> creepy crawly beastie. Yes, I didn't actually see it, but I have been told that I have been attacked by a false widow spider, and it bit me on the hand. And apparently, when you, I was I was pruning back some diseased hellebores, which are not normally, and they were covered in tiny little mites. And I thought they're not big enough to bite me, but apparently, I did feel something hit me on the hand, and I just assumed it was a bramble or a yeah. thorn or something that I would just brushed aside so I didn't think anything more of it at the time and then I started developing a severe reaction the next day so it was not even immediate but yes a false widow spider um, got me apparently they do attack you if you take them by surprise <laughs> and um, they are, are they are Britain's most venomous spider yeah they, they sort of they're not they weren't they're not originally from British are they no, they, they've, they've, they've arrived climbs like the Isle of Wight especially the arrival, in, this was in Chelsea yeah. and I was near 
in an old mill house. Oh, wow. There was water nearby, so they do like water, mm. and they like lurking in shrubbery. So it, it got me. And I, so I'm still running a temperature, and my hand is still quite a bit higher, okay. bigger than it should be. You, you see, as soon as I see anything, is it a false widow? <laughs> you see, now, I've never heard of a false widow spider before this. I'd never seen one of them. And after the picture that you put on from Facebook, which I will put on onto a Twitter account and to and onto, uh, <laughs> onto the uh, Facebook page for the podcast... <laughs> After the picture that I've seen, I don't want to see, I don't want to be anywhere near one of these things because that, oh my God, that looks evil. I, mean, I feel like you could, I feel essentially the picture you put of your hand looks like the scene in a horror movie before be, before something bursts out of a human body out and starts it, killing yeah. everybody. I had, yeah, I had put hydrocortisone on it and it did start oozing really majorly. It was just the but, most oozing. But so it actually ripple. punctured your gloves. You had gloves on. I had gloves on at the time, them. Wow. Yeah. That must be. They're like fabric gloves with rubber fingers and rubber socks. So the back of the glove is like breathable fabric so Ah, that your hands don't go slimy. So it it stabbed me through the fabric back. Because I said, I said, oh, there's a black spot on my glove and it was blood. I didn't notice it at the time because. I do, as you said, gardening, you, yeah. you always, there's thorns and yeah. bristles and brambles. Those old pyrocanthers, you know, oh, they can they be are. nasty. They're nasty, they are nasty. They are, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I got a big thorn in that once before. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not unusual for me to be, to go out and then ignore it, but this time it didn't, wasn't ignorable. No. <laughs> uh, and, you, and you were going all stiff upper lip thing about it, going, oh, I'm sure I'll be fine, I'm sure I'll be and uh, my wife's a doctor, and I showed her the picture, and she, yeah, <laughs> and she, essentially, I think you have a you have a voicemail now from us, which is pretty much like, go to the hospital yes. now, do. <laughs> it was, if I could paraphrase, this voicemail was like, this is not a drill. We are not joking. Get your butt to the hospital. <laughs> do not wait until tomorrow. Yes, so <laughs> No, I did go to the outer bowels cleaning. I rang them up and I said, this is a situation. I said, I don't want to make a fuss about this, but I have been advised I need to see, get someone have a look at this. And they're like, oh, yeah, come in. I said, are you sure you want me to come in? It's like, yeah, yeah, come in. I thought, well, we're okay. Where is <laughs> I that said, the, the doctor. Yeah, the doctor, I said, I don't want to make a fuss about this. I said, you're not making a fuss about it. We need to, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, I have got antibiotics to treat the... Um, Inflammation. Treat the wound. Yep. Okay. Treat the wound, you poor thing. You poor. I yep. tell you what, Tozen. Yep. Can I just ask you a question? Yes. In um, in in Nigeria, is there is there many creepy, crawly, horribly? Yeah, things? there must be bitey, stingy things there. Yeah, there are bitey, stingy things. I don't think anything has. I don't remember ever being bitten or by anything that would give me alarm. Like I, I, we never. Well, okay, yeah, we have snakes, I guess. But snakes, <laughs> yeah. we have we have snakes. I remember that we used to for a while. We lived in the east of the country in a, in a city called Aba, and when we lived there, the, the, I think they we, they live they speak a different language to the one that uh, that my family does. So they speak Igbo out there, and one of the first words we learned in Igbo was agwo, which means snake, because snake. <laughs> because that was something you needed to learn how to shout. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we did kill a couple in the... Okay, so maybe they were. I never got bitten by anything. I never got attacked by anything. But yeah, um, yeah, we do have them. Yeah, I guess it's tropical climate. So you do have things that can kill you. But, yeah. but I don't know yeah. many people who... I, I personally don't know many people who've been attacked by one of them. So, But but anyway, the, the bottom line is Sharon. Sharon, happy to have you. Happy, yeah. happy that you're still here. Happy you're getting it treated. Yeah, still here. And, and you've given me one more thing to sort of like, you know, haunt my dreams at night. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah if you don't stick your hand in a bush or if you don't 
go rummaging around in a, an empty old shed because they like sheds and they like mm. bushes and shrubs and places. Mm-hmm. So as long as you sort of don't go inadvisedly sort of poking about in them, you should be okay. Oh. But yeah, gardeners get bitten a lot, apparently. Oh, oh, oh right. Um, oh, gardeners and post postmen, but <coughs> but mm. by different things. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I suppose they look like black widows, do they? That's why they're called. They've got a marking on their back that makes them look like a, a black widow spider, but they are a false widow. I have seen them before, but I've never. This I didn't see this one, so that's why it got me because I just didn't see it. You'll never see me coming. Coming, <laughs> the Mandarin. We like that. <laughs> all right, cool. Like all right, now. Sorry, Sharon. Okay, so um, now that we we've, we've we've done the admin, we've done the righteous thing, we've checked. Sharon is okay. Yeah. And now let's carry on. I'm still here. Yes, let's carry on. And we for our first film this week, Knives Out. We're going to do something that we haven't done before, which is somebody apart from the three of us is going to give us the load of what this film's about. And that somebody, befittingly enough, is Superfan Nina. Now, we recorded this... Hey. Yeah, yeah, super fan, Nina. We love her. Uh, we recorded this last week when we were thinking that, we, that before we looked at the, the schedule and realized that there was so much stuff we had to talk about and there was nothing out this week, so we pushed it forward to this week. Uh, but first up, she has this, and I'm going to play the audio. I'm going to put this into the podcast. The audio of how she ended up seeing Knives Out two days before it was released and also the... Um, the what's the word? Uh, experience that she had when she went to the cinema that has to do about cinema etiquette and this is something I want to ask you guys about your opinion on so we're going to play Superfan Nina now don't toast in yes. Knives Out let's discuss Knives Out we're going to discuss Knives Out we're going to discuss Knives Out so uh, yeah. uh, alright so this film it's uh, so first but before we see Knives Out because we both saw this film we're speaking on a Tuesday Knives Out is not going to be released until tomorrow which is the 27th that's when it's on general. Is it not? No, yeah, no, it's not going to. I did not know that. Yeah, so I saw it on an Odeon Limitless preview screening, and you told me that, and that's just because I I just, like, you know, got myself an Odeon Limitless card. But you told me that you won tickets to see Knives Out. Yeah, so basically, Sky VIP, they've got an app. So if you've got Sky, yep. you get a VIP app, and you can apply for tickets. Yep. And it's the first time I've ever done it. I only got the app, like, two or three days ago. And then I applied for the Knives Out and won tickets to go and see it in Shepherd's Bush. Oh, nice. So it takes me back, it takes me back to our student days of when we were kind of living <laughs> around those areas. Yes, I was hanging yes. around Shepherd's Bush. I was like, so who done it? In Shepherd Bush, like on a Monday, I was like, there's no way I'm going to give up these free tickets. And for free. I was like, no, there's no way. No way I'm not going to do this. Did you go on your own um, or did you go with someone? So Will was going to go with me because he also loves a whodunit. You know, oh, we're yeah. both obsessed with Pryor. Oh, like, yeah. And anything yes, like that. He loves that. his yeah. Agatha Christie, doesn't he? Yeah, we both do. We're really into like any whodunit, like, yeah. you know, Frost, like Silent Witness, yeah. uh, Pryor. So I was like, there's no way that I'm going to miss this. Um, but basically, he was going to go and um, go with me, but he's got a big presentation or had a big presentation today. So he's like, oh, I really need to work. So I went by myself. Oh. I don't mind going to the cinema by myself, though. I think, actually, it's the best way to go to the cinema. Well, well unless because... of... Yeah, well, it, it is good. But uh, but as as you said, you went to the cinema and you, you experienced one of those things that is one of the reasons why Netflix might win this war, which is people, Tosin. which is other people. <laughs> I was so angry, Tosin. You would not believe it. So basically, I ended up so I ended up getting there a little bit late because I decided to go and buy some snacks because there's a little shopping centre by the side. So I didn't get there late, late, but it said it starts at 6.30. I thought, well, there'll be trailers, everything yeah. will be fine. 
actually, because it was a free screening, it started at 6.30, there were no trailers. Yeah. And also, the entire cinema was full, except for one seat. Oh, this wow. lady had her bag on the seat. I had to say, excuse me, can I sit there? Is there anybody sitting there? She's like, no, there's nobody sitting there, in a kind of way. I was like, okay, fine, no problem, I'll sit there then. It's the only seat left. I just came in with another guy, but I went just slightly ahead of him and got the last seat, and he ended up sitting on the stairs, which oh, wow. usually isn't allowed. Oh, but, wow. Um, I think because it was so full, they were like, okay, this is kind of, it was kind of seat, stair kind of thing. It was a bit weird. Yeah. But um, basically, this lady, all the way through the first 30 minutes of the movie, was on her phone. This is the lady who had a, who had a chair on her back, a, uh, had a bag on a chair. Uh, yeah. So she and, sat right you know, beside you. Right beside me on her phone. And I, I agree, you know, fair enough. You're texting once. You need to check your phone. It's that kind of, we live in that kind of time, right? Yeah. But I've never been so angry. 30 minutes. And it was the key bit where, <laughs> you know, they're introducing everybody. They're telling everybody's backstory. They're telling you who everybody is. Yeah. And she's on her phone. And all I could look at, because I was, I was not in a very good seat as well. So it's, a, it's right close to the screen. Yeah. You know, I was kind of looking up. So really, she was right. In, I was kind of on the side. So where she was sat, her screen was right in my kind of peripheral vision. Yeah. So it was really distracting. And I had to say to her, I'm sorry, but could you put your phone away, please? She goes, I need to message someone. I was like, but you've been messaging somebody for the last 20 minutes. She goes, I need to send some more messages. And I was like, okay, uh, I I am here to see the movie and not your phone. She went, if you don't like it, go and complain. And continue to text on her phone, Tosin. <laughs> I was angry. Not going to lie, I was angry. <laughs> But one thing that I would say is that I think that she got the point because I was so angry. Um, I think because I kept on doing that thing where you go, <laughs> you know that, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I did that being, a lot. being totally British, how very British of you, Nina. Yeah, exactly. I didn't get up and complain because I was too kind of, you know, I, I didn't want to cause a fuss. But, <laughs> um, uh, but basically, she she didn't obviously finish off her text that she was texting then and she made a big show of kind of texting a couple more texts to kind of say i'm not putting my phone away because you told me to i'm still texting and then it was like it was kind of like and i'm done because she kind of kept her phone in her hand but turned it over and then she sneakily snuck it into her bag and i was like yes i've won 40 minutes into the movie and i've won <laughs> <laughs> just imagine you going yes moral victory now Daniel yeah. Craig tell me what's happening <laughs> I, I do feel like I've missed the intro to the movie though so I'm going to go and see it again with Will because he missed it anyway oh, yeah, so I'm yeah, going to go yeah. and see it with Will yeah, but and I, I watch think... it probably okay. and now that we're back now, okay, now we're back from hearing what Superfanina had to say about what happened to her in the cinema now Sharon when you heard this you had <laughs> last week you were talking about it and you said so you used the phrase blood boil when it when it came to this oh yeah it just made my uh, if i wasn't already running a field but i would be now it would make my temperature rise just the thought of of that behavior i mean yeah i would be that would that would certainly ruin my cinema experience that would i would just but i would certainly be almost incandescent <laughs> if someone had been one that behavior and to be that rude as well i'd be like oh no but, but, you do not was it with you when i had that chap turn around yeah was a chap who was 
So, so Sean, you, you've had it because I know, Sean, I know you've had at least one of these sort of experiences before. But, oh, I've had a few. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so, but this is one I haven't heard where someone hit you in a cinema. Well, yeah, basically, I was, um, yeah, we was, we were, it was one well, of the adverts were on and all like yeah, that. Yeah, the trailers. The trailers, you know, it wasn't the film that started. And, and this guy was very, very aggressive to me, he turned around, said something. And I said, yeah, okay, well, the film's going to start in a minute. And then, and then about three seconds later, he turned around and said, I've told you. And sort of, he, he actually, not, not that it hurt, I mean, it was hard, but yeah. actually caught me on the knee and gave me a slap. And then the guy, a guy in another, Another the guy in another row, he, he turned over and he said, cut that out, stop being so aggressive. And I went, oh, thank you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> like... But he was he went from sort of zero to being quite cross. Yeah, quite cross. Yeah. So, and, so, uh, yeah, his, so what... had, the film hadn't even started. So what was his problem? His problem yeah. was that you you were talking or something or what? Yeah, I was talking, yeah. yeah. I was talking with Sharon. But I mean, the film wasn't on. So... It was doing the trailers. Yeah, yeah. doing the trailers, yeah. And I must admit, I think you can, you can normally tell by the mood of the cinema if the trailer's a fair game or not. Because yeah, some yeah. cinemas, it's like... They don't like. They're like the. Sh- they, yeah. they, the the similar experience for them begins as soon as you walk through those doors. But this was there was murmuring and there was noise in the cinema, so it wasn't as if it was one of those quiet cinemas. But yeah, he was he was quite aggressive with it. I yeah. didn't like that at all. But look at the, my. I've had a similar experience to Nina's, but not quite so severe as that. But I was watching a film and there was two teenage girls who were sat about five or six rows in front of me. And then they would have their phones out during the trailers. I thought, okay, well, it's the beginning. They haven't started. But they just never settled down. They were constantly, mm. the phones were up, blue screens shining throughout the whole film. So every time they did this, obviously your attention is immediately drawn to this glowing screen. Yeah. Even though it was like four or five rows in front of me. So in the end, I got up and I was sat. There's several people next to me, but I got up and I climbed over them and I went down there and I said, you know, you've got to put your phones away. You are disturbing the whole cinema. <laughs> and they did apologise, actually. They said, oh, sorry, sorry, because I must have sounded like a teacher because I was like, you know, you are disturbing the entire cinema by your you've behaviour. Let, you've let yourself down. You've <laughs> let your family down. You've, <laughs> yeah. you've let everybody. Yeah, it's true. Actually, that's they, And that. they did stop, actually, did and they? they did sat down because they were moving about. And I said, Anne, you need to sit still and stop moving about because <laughs> moving around in different chairs so i was oh, like just give a real tanning off and <laughs> then i went and sat back and we enjoyed we all enjoyed the rest of the film <laughs> i remember my mate this is going back now in the set must have been about 1977 and i think it was a we were watching a bruce lee film and they were yeah. gang of, i just said my mate paul his name was paul wilding hi paul i know i'm seeing you for however many years but and he was fearless and in those days that you know it was a little bit more aggressive one quite and i remember there were some lads down the front. There was quite a big bunch of them, and they were making a noise. And he just turned and said, "Boy, lads, can you shut up, please?" And they, they, there was, there was, there was about ten of them, right, on this on this row. And they turned around and went, "Oh, you know," said something nasty, told him where to go. And he went down there. He got out of his seat. He went down, and he picked one of them up, and he said, "What did you say to me?" And they were like, "Oh, it was just," <laughs> and there was like ten of them like that. But this guy was fearless. This guy was fearless. Yeah, not totally, totally. He wasn't going to take any notice. <coughs> and in the end, in the end. The, all these blokes sort of went out you know what yeah. I mean because but yeah I think there are etiquettes there are there is an etiquette for being in the cinema I think because they used to have those cinema trailers and that's a number of years ago wasn't it like where it was like you know Shh, don't talk <gasps> took your phone off and it was basically spanning out how to behave in the cinema yeah and I think in some ways they need to do something similar again say you know what it is not appropriate for you to have your phone on it is not appropriate for you to be talking in the film and it's not appropriate for you to be getting up and down every five minutes. <laughs> so you need to learn that you're not alone. If you're 
how you behave at home, you have to behave differently when you are in a cinema. Because you know, it doesn't. Some people have had to pay for their ticket. When we have, you know, yeah. we're members of we get our unlimited cards with uh, with Cineworld, but yeah, we're, we're still paying pay for their night out. It's a, it's a mm. that's like thirty you know, pounds. Do you know my biggest, biggest bugbear? And I know people can't do it, and it just seems to get louder and louder and louder. Is the plastic bags and people oh, are getting plastic that plastic bags, it's like that. And I'm thinking, oh dear. And, and someone, was, I remember, I sat like where I normally sat, and there's someone sat behind me, and the, it was right at the back yeah. of my head, like, and it was going. Yeah. It's just like Ugh. I had someone actually take a six pack of crisps in, and they proceeded to eat their way through the six pack of crisps all the way through the film. Oh Lord. Oh, dear. Oh lord! I, I was it... I was prepared to oh. do violence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because because okay, I had this even recently. I went to see Frozen, and I mean, when I saw Frozen two last week, and I think I guess if you're going to see Frozen, you're kind of asking for it because there's kids in there and everything. Yeah. But there were some people behind me, and I think it was been a mum with a kid who was it, and they kept putting on the flashlight on their phone throughout the whole film. So you're trying to watch uh, the film, and then all of a sudden you just see these shadows come up on the ceiling, and you're like, what the what the heck's going on? I thought there was something wrong with the projector. I thought somebody was dancing in front of the projector or something. Then I was like, then, oh, forget it. Then something else happened, and they just they, was, they were moving around and all that. And I and I remember I went to see a film. I went to see the Denzel Washington film Fences with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I went to see I went to see those watch a film with Fences at a cinema in Southampton with my wife Claudia and a friend of ours, Miriam. Miriam, hi, Miriam. And um, and we went to, and there were some people who came in front of us, and they just talked throughout the entire film, were on their phone. It was kind of like you were like, and I was like, okay, cool, I understand that it's not the most action-packed film or anything like that, but you must have known that before you got the ticket to come in here. So why on earth would you spend money on a ticket coming to the cinema? And it's not, and it's the showcase cinema in Southampton. It's not a cheap cinema. And it's like, mm. yeah, it's like, why would you spend money, come in there, and then talk through that? What, what's the point? Why? <laughs> if you don't like the yeah. film, if you're not paying, leave. Why are you there? So, 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 but okay, now, with, with all these cinema etiquette questions, the big question that comes up with all this, because I think I said in the stuff with Nina, I said that essentially this is one of the reasons why Netflix, is, Netflix might win, might win this Netflix cinema battle. Why do we still go to the cinema? <laughs> I personally think it is for that immersive experience oh, yeah. because when you when it's a good film and it's a comfortable cinema I mean if it's uncomfortable then it it, it doesn't quite work but if it's a comfortable cinema the temperature's right and it's a good film you forget your surroundings completely and it is a completely immersive experience and you're not even aware of the passing of time it is you are there and I think no matter how comfy you are at home and how good a thing is, when you're at home, it's a different vibe altogether. Yeah. I think because we never really turn the lights low and we never really have that perfect surround sound, but there is still that experience of being at the cinema, of having a completely immersive experience yeah. that I think you can't replicate. And I quite like, sometimes I've, it doesn't happen so often now, but I, I really like it when I'm in the cinema on my own. I know that sounds really sad, no, doesn't it? But I mean, I just love it. I just love to sit in that cinema. Nothing else, you know, just the film. Once so, it was really good and once it was really creepy. Yeah. But I've had that experience <laughs> of being the only one in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. I did that with a friend of mine, Alex. Oh, hi, Alex. And uh, we, we went to see Coraline and we were, the, we were like, oh, no. We were the only ones there for a while. It was a Sunday morning, but then, like, a family came in. But I think that they left. 
And <laughs> I remember us walking and thinking we we're going to watch a kid's film and then we watched it and we're like, oh boy, how is this a kid's film? <laughs> it's terrifying, yeah. It, it, Coraline is terrified. Coraline is genuinely one of the scariest films I've seen in the last 10 years. Oh. I'm your other mother, silly. Oh, good Lord. It's terrifying. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, so, okay, so that's why we keep going. Take that, Radio 4. <laughs> <laughs> take that radio 4 front row who we find out this week and we tweeted out about it that radio 4 pretty much had the title of our show in one of the things with netflix v cinema yeah. we're like we're way ahead of you we've been doing this for like 40 something episodes now <laughs> oh, oh good on this it's almost a year we've been wow. doing this almost yes, a year guys that is okay anyway wow. we, we need to move on we need to move on we're rambling we need over. to move on we're rambling yeah, we need all to over get the on, don't we otherwise we're going to be yeah if yeah, no, we're going to be here we're forever. rambling we are going to be here forever all right so let's move on to the first film and uh, as i said we're going to let uh we're going to let superfan nina tell us what this film is all about nina as one of our listeners the first person to give us a review on um to give us a review on itunes a five-star review thank you very much Take it away. Tell us about Knives Out. What is this all about? That's a lot of pressure, Tosin. I don't know if I can live up to it, but I'll try. I'll try. Um, so basically, Knives Out is a classic whodunit movie. Yeah. So it starts off with there's a death, and the police come, and all the family members are there, and it start and it's basically a pathway through each of the family members' stories. So you have your traditional kind of intro to the police and then you have your intro into each of the members. And initially it all starts out being absolutely lovely. Everyone is everyone's best friend. They've yeah. had a party and, um, you know, the, the, they're all one happy family. Yeah. And then the police start to dig more into the actual background of the family. And as you go through, it generally reveals for each of the different members of the family what their relationship was to the person who died, who was actually the grandfather. Um, and he was a rich person who gave them all money and, you know, was basically supporting them all. And it kind of comes out step by step through the movie on how the what? death happened, how, you know, what everybody was doing at that time. Oh. And it kind of pieces you through to make a, a an, an assumption or to make, you know, your own kind of, you come to, come to your own conclusions of, of what you think actually happened. Exactly, exactly. And and basically, it surmises in this kind of, as you would expect from any whodunit, everyone's in one room, yep. let's do the big reveal. Any self-respecting whodunit. So, all right. So, exactly. So, obviously, now that what you've, what you've just said sounds like, you know, your average Mrs. Marple uh, or Miss Marple. Um, is it Mrs. or Mrs.? Or Miss or Mrs. Marple? I think Miss. it's Mrs. Well, is it? Oh, no, Miss, Miss. Okay. Miss, Miss, I think. So yeah. far, it sounds like your average Miss Marple, um, Heku Poirot, and uh, whoever the other one was that was played by Hyacinth Bouquet. Hetty Wayntrop. Hetty Wayntrop. It sounds like your average. Yeah. So, or even Jessica Fletcher, Murder, She Wrote. It sounds. Uh, so, what makes this better? Uh, so, do you think that this is worthy of being up on a big screen as opposed to being on ITV on a Sunday afternoon? I 100% think you need to see this on a big screen. Okay. It's got some big hitting stars in there. Each of the family members is somebody that you're going to recognize from Chris Evans to Daniel Craig to uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. So just the acting itself is very, very good. 
each of the figures is played very, very well. Yeah. And I think seeing all the mannerisms of all the people on the big screen, you start to pick things out, you know, like Daniel Craig carrying a cigar and the way that he holds <laughs> the cigar and plays with the cigar. You know, it's very, it, it focuses a lot on the cinematography of it. So it's staged in an old mansion. You know, it's got big marble fireplaces where, you know, um, they're in the dark. Like there are some scenes where they're all huddled together, kind of talking about what's happened, or yeah. you know where they were, or accusing somebody, or you know yeah. stuff like that. And it's it's um, basically they do it in like a they can do it in like a dark scene where the fire is roaring and it's got a big majestic sofa and there's like a, a chess board in the background where some people are sat by the chess board and some people are on the sofa and people are storming around and one person's fallen asleep and all of those features in one scene kind of make the atmosphere in all of those which build attention yeah um and i think it really deserves to be seen on a big screen in fact i'm not like i was having a conversation with simon about this and he said he was going to see it wait till it comes out on dvd to watch it and actually having seen it once i will not to see it again i won't wait till dvd i'm going to go to the cinema and watch it again because they do that. things like they do use the classic tricks that you <clears> would have in a in a very good and well-made film where you know somebody is on the phone they zoom into their face. They're in the dark in the shadows, and then they step forward, and their eyes are in the light. Oh yeah, you know, as you yes. can see that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. moment of that's a like fil film noir moment. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's very much like that. It's it's a little bit. It's kind of a bit comedy, yep. but it's also very serious. So yep. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Clue. Yeah, yeah. Clue. And they have that kind of comedy whodunit. It's not that kind of movie. It's the kind of movie where. There were some really serious bits, but then there were also some very comical bits. And, you know, one thing I would say about this movie is it was very well made, but there were some bits where you could see they were playing with the cinematography and it did drag a little bit, just in the middle, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But other than that, it flowed very well. There was, there was probably right slap bang in the middle when you're coming to your conclusions was quite kind of slow moving. And there was one point where I was like, come on, let's, let's go. Let's yeah. go. We need to we need to move this along a little bit. Yeah. All right. So for, okay. So you were saying that you and also you just mentioned Simon. That is Simon, who is our American West Coast listener. I'm, well, he better be after this. We've given him a mention. He'd better be listening to this. So yeah. <laughs> so and um and you meant uh, you mentioned Will Will your husband. So you, the both yeah. of you are quite. You said you, you love your whodunits and all that kind of stuff. So is yeah. this the kind of whodunit that you like because you know, oh, it's following all the beats of the whodunits and you know, oh, we know exactly what's going to happen. Oh, that was nice and comforting. Or was this kind of like, you know, because they've tried to say it's, I think one of the taglines of this film was like, oh, whodunit, like no one's ever done it before. Did you think that there was anything new or was this just kind of like, no, this is, this is just the whodunit. This is what we want. Don't mess with it. No, I think it was, I, I think it, so halfway through, if you'd asked me the same question, I probably would have said to you, Oh God, you know, yeah, it's a classic who done it. They just got the big stars in. But actually the conclusion of the actual film, and I don't want to give anything away, yeah. but the conclusion of the of, of the end of the film made me realise actually no, they have thought this through. And all of the little things that you see throughout the movie, yeah. you kind of start to piece together and you're like, Oh wait, no, I remember that actually. Yeah, that's true, that did happen. And you know, things that you think hadn't registered with the detective like how oh, didn't he pick up that or you know or you know stuff like that actually the ending so i would say the last half an hour i was like this is a brilliant movie like i said to you the middle half an hour i was like oh god where's this going i think i know where it's gonna go it's yeah. very predictive yeah. predictable that kind of thing um 
so I'm going to say that it was a very good who done it. Like it, it was still a classic. Had the classic formula, right? You know, somebody dies, big conclusion at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, all of that kind of stuff, or you know, uh, or it leads you to a conclusion or a build up or whatever. But um, I would say they did a good job. Yeah. Uh, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say it because it's funny. There's bits of a, oh, I'm trying not to say too much because when I talk about this um, with Sean and Sharon, I'm probably I'm probably going to go too much, and I don't want people to hear the same thing twice. But but um, but I think it's funny how because about probably about a third to a half way through the film, this film it gets to the point where most whodunits end about a third of the way through, where you're like, well. What? so where are we going now <laughs> but and i think the fact that it still has more to do and it still has more to because i think it's kind of like i think the, the director ryan johnson he wrote and directed it he also wrote and directed the last jedi and um and with him i think he knows if you're going to do a whodunit people are going to be expecting da 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 Ooh, the butler did it that kind of thing so he knows what whodunits are like and he's playing with them and he's still trying to figure out okay how do you make a whodunit in this day and age where people are so used to the whodunits and so used to what happens how do you make something different and i think i think they i think as you said they did a good job hello yep i can hear you tyson what happened okay oh i don't know it just sort of like it just seemed to sort of like drop out for a second um, what was the last thing you heard me say? I heard you say that he did very well. Um, he's tried to tailor it for today. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Where, where so are... I, I think I pretty much heard everything there. Yeah, 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 cool. So, with that, how many stars would you give it? I'm going to give it, I'm going to say a four star. Yep. Yeah, because, I, but uh, probably a low four star. Hello? It's either, it's a high high three low four so i'm going to say low four because oh. they were really the stars were quite good yeah yeah i agree i agree with that i mean also don johnson i mean don johnson michael shadden you had all these <laughs> it's tony yeah. collette the it, it has it does have it, it's it does have like the big starry cast like they used to do like when they used to have a peter Ustinov heckle poirot movie they used to just pack it for yeah. the star stars and i think they, exactly he's done the same thing here so, what did you think of, of Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc? I was gonna, I was just gonna say that I thought you were gonna move away from this topic, but I one thing I was gonna jump in with is, so yes, I thought he was very good, but his accent was the worst accent I possibly could. <laughs> I could not stand it. <laughs> there was no reason for him to be like a Southern kind of American detective. <laughs> If anything, he had a French accent. He could have been French. He could have been English. He could have just kept his normal accent. All I could concentrate on whenever he spoke was this terrible, terrible Texan accent. It, it, it it's, it's not Texan. Is it not? What was it? I think it's supposed to be from New Orleans. Oh yeah, yes. Whatever yeah, because, it was, it was just especially, really especially because he, he has a French name, and so that would, that would make me think that he's from supposed to be around the New Orleans, and he's a little bit Cajun. And the Cajun accent, if you ever hear somebody speak with a proper Cajun accent, it is, it, 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 I mean, if the first time you hear it, you can get totally caught off guard and you're like, why are you speaking like that? Why? <laughs> but then... Maybe that's why. Yeah. That I didn't like it. Yeah, it, it, it might be. It might be the case because, uh, but uh, the funny thing is that because the last time I saw Daniel Craig do an American accent, it was in the film Logan Lucky. And in Logan Lucky, he does like, you know, he's a southern hick. 
like a redneck, like proper redneck in that film. And I feel like with Daniel Craig, the first, whenever he does an accent, that because obviously it's one of the things you know he's English. And whenever he does one of those accents, for the first two minutes or so, I'm kind of like, oh, that's weird. But after a while, I just sort of like, it just goes. It's not like, let's say, Benedict Cumberbatch, who when he does an American accent all the way through, you're like, dude, man, what are you doing? But it's but with Daniel Craig, I actually find like just it just melts away. I'm just kind of like, mm, okay, cool, I get you. But if you can't see Logan Lucky, good film. I haven't seen that, okay. but I disagree with you on this accent. <laughs> I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Okay, but you... one one thing I would say just generally about the casting: the casting was excellent, but there were certain characters in there who I was just like, Why if you, you weren't in this, yeah, if you weren't in this movie right now, <laughs> they could have filled that hole with somebody else. Yeah, there's, would... there were a couple. I don't want to say it because obviously everyone is a suspect, so I don't yeah. want to say it to ruin it for anybody. Yeah, uh, but there were certain... uh, uh, I'll text you after this, Tosin, to tell you who I think it were just absolutely pointless characters yeah, no, but there, there were a few of them where you just like mm, there, why are you here yeah. there, there are some characters who you look at them and you go if you weren't here if that character wasn't there this movie would not be different no <laughs> just... somebody else would just say that line and yeah. it would be like oh or they would say oh my my son or daughter or husband or wife you know said this and yeah. then you know they didn't actually have to picture them yeah there were three characters that i think that didn't need to be in it Okay, and now we're back. So Super Fanina has told us what the film was about, and she's told us what she thought about it. So let's just jump straight in. Sharon, what did you think of this? I thought it was like watching an episode of Columbo. <laughs> with a, a Columbo with an all-starry cast, and a Columbo played by Daniel Craig doing his southern gent thing. Yep. But, but for me, I wouldn't have elevated it any higher than that to me it was like an okay film it was a reasonable good who done it i mean i hadn't quite worked out exactly how it was done at the end mm -hmm. but i had a reasonable idea that it wasn't quite as it seemed yeah um i mean from i had my suspicions literally immediately then i thought no no no, it can't be that simple uh, and then as the film progressed i began thinking actually i think i might have been right my very first instinct was to say you know, don't be hasty. <laughs> and, uh, but yes, I thought it was enjoyable, but for me it was, it was, and there's some good performances. So some of them, you know, really obviously sort of took it to town and enjoyed their roles. Yeah, and yeah. I thought some of them worked better than others. We both thought that Jamie Lee Curtis knew really Jamie Lee worked. Curtis, yeah. yeah. I, but I wasn't quite so convinced by Tony Collette, I have to say. No, no, mm. I, I agree. And, it, and even, um, What's his name? The old Captain America. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. I wasn't. I, the only thing I, that I put me off a little bit. I didn't understand why it needed to be quite so sort of sweary and sort of mm. and sort of vulgar swearing as well. I wasn't so keen on that. And that, that, that didn't happen in Colombo. No. But there's something that's got. <laughs> that's because that, that's, that's got, them telling you. They're speaking directly to you, Sharon. This isn't Colombo, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. Hey, we're edgy and modern. Well, this isn't your mama's who's done it. This. <laughs> Because this is obviously the way that the, the stylization of it, the whole the feel of it, makes it feel like it's a period drama when it's not. It's obviously modern day, but it's obviously nodding towards all of these detective, you know, who done it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and they suddenly sort of throw in this sort of slightly anachronistic. I, well, I didn't like the language. I didn't. Me, me, I was like, oh, I don't. I think that that's quite necessary. But. Um, <laughs> I, so I thought it was an okay film. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. For me, um, to me, this was all a bit 
hit and miss. I enjoyed some of the interaction with really good which was a highlight when you know certain scenes yeah for me this was all all of scenes but i mean i'm not really a major whodunit fan yeah. to be fair you yeah. know and i mean I, I and yeah it was i'd have to agree with sharon i i think it was sort of okay you know as i say it had moments and there was some 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 good interaction with some of the characters not all of the characters mm-hmm. um and it just didn't you know i mean i didn't really have any idea who who done it or whatever anything like that I, I wasn't that engaged with the film i guess i just wasn't that engaged which is why i thought the acting you know the act yeah. I, I focused more on the the interaction between the actors than than the actual plot itself you know because mm-hmm. the plot didn't really interest me so so yeah so it was okay it was okay all right cool. how about yourself well i actually i quite liked it uh, I, I I quite liked it. I think that the, the word... Uh, I totally understand what you're saying about it being like an episode of Columbo because I think it... Well, it's a whodunit. It's <clears throat> it's the way it's built. Only that with... It's an episode of Columbo. Oh, I guess, oh, because in Columbo, I guess you always know who's done it quite early on. You and do it. Quite early on, yeah. yeah and it's, it's always about... It's always about Columbo chasing this one person down. But this is more... There's just one... There's... There's just one more thing, Tozen. Yep. Uh, um, yeah, no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, carry on, carry on. Well done. Well, well played. Well played, that man. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's so it's you always find out, and it's but with this, I think you you have this whole thing where it's about, um, it's about oh, you don't there's there's suspects everywhere, and they give everybody there's a little twist, isn't yeah, it? There's yeah, a they, twist every now and then. Yeah. And, and I like the fact because because. I think with a whodunit, or one of the things I was talking about with Nina is that with a whodunit, it's almost kind of straight down the middle. You know where it's going to go. You know what's you know we know what the format is, and I think they twisted it up a little bit because I, I without giving much away because I don't I, I'm trying very very hard not to give much away with this film, without giving much away I, I I said and I still maintain that about I think half to a third of the way through the film, that it it reaches the point where most whodunits end. Where you kind of think, oh yeah, well that, that's it, that's it wrapped up in a bow. We we know mm. we know who, yeah. But then it carries on, and then you're like, okay, why is the film still going? Unless I'm mistaken, we still have like an hour left. Okay, what's going to happen here? And I uh, and I feel like there there's some bits where it, I mean it does dip a little, but I feel like it. But I feel like it, it sort of pulls it up, up quite well. I really really like the performances. I really like the. I think Sean, you were saying the interaction between the characters. Uh, I think I think Don Johnson. It's I don't know why, but whenever uh, whenever I see Don Johnson on screen now, I'm just kind of like, oh, this is gonna be a good time, it's because Don Johnson he he's just he just plays he's he's just doing really really well at playing like the smarmy idiot. Quite frankly, <laughs> he just uh, because there's there's and there's a little bit. I think almost every film nowadays there's a little bit of like you know the political thing in there because they talk about the, because you have the the character played by Anna Diarmas, your your friend Sean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you recognize her this time? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. It's an idea of ours. And because she and they have this whole thing where none of the characters in this sort of like casual sort of like thrown around racism where I'm pretty sure they don't even realize that they're doing it. They can't remember where she comes from. Like one of they go, yeah, her family's from Paraguay. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, she's from Nicaragua. Oh, no, no, they're Uruguay. And you're just kind of like, ooh. And for me, that's like one of my sort of like triggers i'm like ah but but it's just so like put it and i just think that it's it it's really really well done there were bits of it where the family in this reminded me of the family in ready or not 
yeah, 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 yeah. Without the hunting down somebody doing a murderous game of hide and seek thing, but I, I, I thought it was really, really good. Um, how, what did you guys think of Daniel Craig's accent? Awful. <laughs> I, I didn't believe that it was his accent. No, no, because no, normally when the speech patterns and the way people talk, you think, okay. But him, I never felt it was anything less than an affectation. So yeah, it didn't. <laughs> oh, the funny thing is like because in, in the Nina interview Nina talks about the fact she was like it was terrible didn't like it didn't like it all the way through oh no it was just distracting I on the other hand I feel like whenever Daniel Craig does an accent after a while I just forget that there's an accent being put on I just I, the same thing happened when he did the accent in Logan Lucky but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. I quite yeah. enjoyed Logan Lucky. I seem to remember. Yeah, Logan Lucky's a good film. All right, cool. So with that, let's get let's get on to because I think we've said all we can say about this film without spoiling things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, apart from oh, there's one thing that that Nina said about useless characters. That there's some characters that if they were not in the film, wouldn't make a difference. Yeah, what a lot of like uh, Michael Shannon's wife. Did she actually oh do anything? <laughs> this is the second time in two weeks I've forgotten she was in the film. When you say Michael Shannon's yeah. wife, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. what? Oh my god, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, he had she a wife. She even got a character name. Yeah, what's her name? Even it's okay. gone. Yeah, but yeah, there's there's a couple of characters in the film where that where it yeah, if they were in there, it wouldn't make a difference. So how many stars would you give it? I'd give it three. I'd give it three. Mm-hmm. I'd pretty much written that down before you guys said anything. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. I I gave it a four as did Nina. So, but Nina Nina said it was like a low four. Just but she said that she really really enjoyed it. But she did she did have some issues with it that were all around that. And I think I like the things like oh, you know the whole idea of of how one of the characters cannot tell a lie because every time she lies she sort of like throws up. <laughs> I just yeah yeah I, yeah. I was like that that's just that's just really really good. All right, cool. So cinema kicks us off with a three point five this week. And now we go. Okay. Now we go on to two. The first of two films this week, which are blur. We seem to have one every single week that is just blurring the lines between what is cinema and what is Netflix, and making us mega, mega, mega confused. And this is The Irishman. And I think, the, mm. I think The Irishman has to be Netflix because Netflix gave the money to make this film. This film would not have been made without Netflix money, even though it was in cinemas for a while. So it, it was in cinemas for a very short while, so it can still qualify for awards and all that kind of stuff. But then most of the people in this world are going to see it on Netflix. And uh, making Martin Scorsese cry, as I think there was, a, I saw a headline this week where it's like Martin Scorsese says, please don't watch The Irishman on a phone. <laughs> and, and we were talking about last week when, Sean, you had been watching The Irishman, but um, and you were like, ah, oh, pause that. I'm going to get back to it later, finish watching it off. Yeah, 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 I know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I know, yeah, that's what I mean. A lot, there's a lot of complaints. Oh, you should, you know, how could you? Well, I think you even said to me yourself. You said, "How could you do that to a Scorsese show?" Not that you minded, but yeah. you were saying there'd be a lot of people. Yeah, there'd be, be a lot of people who would say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's three and a half hours long. I mean, do they expect <laughs> you to sit through that in one go? Well, so yeah, that could have been. No, the, the, you know, it could have been like Peaky Blinders, couldn't it? Could have been like five episodes or whatever. Well, it it could have. Yeah. No, this this could very easily be a TV series. It could it could easily yeah. be a TV series. 
And I feel like even though it's three and a half hours long, there's some reasons I'll get into that. I feel like there's some stuff that has been cut out of the film. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like I feel like he had more stuff to put in, and this is him being disciplined and cutting things down. <laughs> because yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a possibility. Yeah, well, uh, well, I think so because you have things like there's characters, there's characters played by really, really well-known actors that literally, literally do not say anything throughout the entire time of the film. <laughs> I mean, it's, and I'm thinking like, yeah, there was, they had lines, they had lines, and they just had to lose it because the film was too long already. But then, if this film was in cinema, now this is one of those. If this film had been released in cinemas, I don't think I would have watched it yet, because even though it was on a TV, it was on, it was, I was, I could have watched it at home. I was like, where am I going to find four hours to carve out of my day to sit down and just watch a film from? Because I really wanted to watch it from beginning to end and not have to sort of like cut off but i had a busy week and i was like what so i had to sort of i had to pause it a couple of times i think i watched the last two and a half hours in one go but but before that there were a couple of breaks and pauses because i had to go take a phone call and i had to go do something for work and i had to go like you know live my life and talk to my wife and all that kind of stuff <laughs> so, so yeah so first of all okay so long film that's the whole thing but now sean this is yeah. Martin Scorsese playing in New York again, playing back in his sort of like gangster milieu, which is what which is what made his name in the eighties about his mean streets, Goodfellas, all the sort of films, and so uh, it's essentially the story of this guy Frank Sheeran, who is the Irishman of the title because he's of Irish origin, but he gets taken in by Italian gangsters in New York, and it's and pretty much I think basically the basic premise of the film is that it's a walk through American history, but through the eyes of the Italian mob in New York. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, probably. I probably would agree with that to some extent. Yeah, I think it, 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 it focused quite a lot on um, Hoffer, didn't it? Um, not Hoff, um, Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa, yeah. Yeah, yeah Jimmy Hoffa. Al Pacino shows I mean, up playing at Jimmy Hoffa. And, and well, Al Pacino's class. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, he but is. Anyway, he is. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, th- there was a lot of time spent, wasn't there, with, with Hoffa. So for me, this was more about, and, and there was a bit of the politics at the time. They talked about, you know, Kennedy and the Cuban crisis and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. So I agree, it was like a a history, but I think it was more focused on, for, for me, I was thinking from the times I watched it, it was more focused on Hoffa than, because that seemed to be the majority of the film, I thought. Well, his relationship with Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, yeah, that seemed, that, to me, that seemed like the crux of the film. Well, yeah. Um, I yeah. didn't think, I yeah, go on. No, 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 you carry on, carry on, you're saying you didn't think. I, I, I. I don't think there was anything new in this film. There wasn't anything yeah. like, you know, it wasn't like, uh, whoa, that'd be different. I mean, there's uh, there was a, uh, Scorsese did a film called, the was it called The Silence? Called Silence, just called oh, Silence. Yeah, Silence, yeah, 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 because that was a different film. Yeah, Silence. And I really enjoyed that. That was a really long film, and that was really different to what, what had come in the past, because I always have this, it's really, really funny. I had a discussion today with someone, we were talking about Scorsese films, and Actually, it was John. It was Happy John. Happy John, hello, Happy John. And uh, he agreed with me that I think Goodfellas is overrated. Oh, yeah. I think it's an overrated film. I don't, you know, it's okay, but I don't think that's a Everybody loves it. Oh, Goodfellas, yeah. Goodfellas. For me, it's not that great a film. I mean, I preferred Casino. That's not that great a film, but I preferred Casino over over uh, Goodfellas. Well, Goodfellas yeah. but then, but then we, and then we got onto Ray Liotta, but that's a whole different ball game, so we won't even go there. We'll go back to the Irishman. And there wasn't really anything new in it. The acting was was what I expected. It was, you know, it's, it was it was first class. 
but I don't think there was any like wow moments in it. Yeah, you see now, now you're you're hitting the nail right on the head there, Sean. I think because I feel like this film was exactly what I expected it to be. It was yeah. It was exactly what I expected it to be, with no real surprise. It was just like it's very well told, and you know how you can have an old story. But it's if somebody tells you can have somebody who absolutely murders an old story because they can't tell it properly, and yeah, yeah. But I think it's just a very, very well told story. So like when they're going through the history of it, and when they're talking about the Teamsters and Jimmy Hoffa's place in America, and how he was like the second most well, popular man in America at that time, and and how that linked into the politics, and how that linked into the mob, and all. And I felt like it was it was quite it, that bit was quite. I was actually I was like, okay, this is actually it's very being very well told, but this is exactly the film I expected it to be. And I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. And I think it is it's a testament to the film that a big thing about the film was talking about the de aging of the characters. Like De Niro plays a character that's thirty years younger than himself, and quite frankly, for most of the time, I did not notice. I, <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I mean, I thought that was that was well done. Yeah, I thought but, it was really, you know, the, yeah, the transformations. It was really, really well done. It's really, really well done and really, really subtly done as well. Where you're like, I'm not. Ooh, it's like, did, have they actually de-aged him? And it made me think, hang on, what does Robert De Niro look like today? I am not sure. I'm not sure which <laughs> one of these ages is Robert De Niro today. So I think that bit, well, that bit was quite good, and that bit is like a triumph. Um, but I think the, the the difference I can find, and I think the reason why these guys made this film is because Martin Scorsese defined the gangster movie, the Italian gangster movie in the 80s. It's pretty much, when you think of Italian gangster movies, you think of Martin Scorsese. Maybe The Godfather, but I think more, more, more to the... I think, personally, I think Martin Scorsese. And when he made Goodfellas, when he made Casino, when he made all these films with the same cast, pretty much, with Joe Pesci, with Harvey Keitel, with uh, Robert De Niro, these were young people who were kind of like, yeah, you know, they were sort of young bucks and they were going up and it was, it was a young person's film made that. But now that they've grown old and they've lived through life, it's a same that they're now saying, okay, now we want to tell the gangster's perspective from that point of view, from I've grown older... I've lived through life, and what is what what has all of that meant? So almost in a way, I feel like this film is Scorsese, De Niro, all that kind of stuff themselves, almost like therapy for them. Going through, going, we've lived yeah. through life. What what has all what has all what we've done meant? Because the characters in the film, the kind of characters, like if you look at um, if you look at Frank Sheeran, it could be he could be Jimmy Conway in Goodfellas, just older, and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. and looking back over, looking back over his life, and going, oh yeah, you know that time when we made that Goodfellas film? What was that about? Or you know that time because Goodfellas sort of ends in a way where most people are still alive, they're still in that life, all that kind of stuff. And the Irishman is framed by people being at the end of their lives, looking back, and almost sort of like going, was it worth it? What did I, what did I use my life up for, and all that kind of stuff. And so that bit I thought was the only bit that was possibly a bit new which is but you have to get to the final hour of the film before you actually sort of start digging into that and start seeing what effect it's had so with that i thought it was good i didn't think when people are saying oh best film of the year and stuff but i agree with you sean I, I feel like it was exactly what i expected it was just a very very well told story of what i expected hit all the beats and hit all the moments that i thought i think there was some stuff with jimmy hoffa that i didn't know and there's some stuff with jimmy hoffa that people will not like but um, but besides that, I thought it was uh, yeah. I thought yeah, good film, well told. Uh, I would give it a four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably have to agree. I mean, um, yeah, because I mean, I mean, they they are. It might, must have been like a big party for them. I reckon they said right, okay, we've been in all your films. So as well as as well as making the film, they probably had quite a good time reminiscing and chatting about stuff yeah. and 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure they did, you know, Harvey. And because um, he was a little bit one of Harvey Keitel as well. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so, but, but he didn't have a major. He didn't have a major part. He was like a bit, bit yeah, of a and, and little he, bit of a bit player, really. Yeah, he's one of you know he's one of the characters I'm talking about because when I say about, I think he had more. He had more stuff that they filmed that they just didn't use in the film because Harvey Keitel shows up, and I think you get Harvey Keitel in your film, and you give him. He maybe has five. Something. He has maybe he maybe has five lines in the entire film. He, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a bit where he he goes he disappears for like an hour shows up again and I'm like oh my god he's still alive <laughs> and uh, but I think the biggest one is because this is such a man's story told from a man's perspective and the next one we'll talk about we'll talk about something else like pretty much the opposite and so it's just so in there that you have someone like Anna Paquin Anna Paquin great actress multi award winning yeah. actress and all that she's in the film and she literally says two lines and the, the the two lines are have you called her and why <laughs> that, that, that's, that's literally all she says in the entire film and I was I was looking sitting here going why the heck did you get this okay oh sure no she she conveys a lot with looks because you see her looking she plays his daughter his grown up daughter and you see her looking at him and looking at this and like you you you, you read very quickly that there's, that there's stuff going on in the head and she's sussing things out but I'm like, what? Why get Anna Paquin in your film and give her two lines? She doesn't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like, give her two lines and why get Harvey Keitel and give him nothing? And Bobby Cannavale shows up and he's just kind of like a. And it's but, but I think it's just so heavily focused. It is the De Niro show, and I think he plays a yeah. ca- he plays he does play a character different from anyone I've seen him play before. Where his character of Frank is not particularly. He's not. He's not. He's not in charge most of the time. He's just kind of like a dog's body. He just kind of like goes from one place. They say go do this. He goes and does it. They go do that. He goes and does it. And I think in a lot of his scenes with Joe Pesci, it's really, really interesting seeing the sort of power play between the two of them. But I think basically, I think that there's a longer film, and I do think that they should probably make it into a TV series. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay, but that's me. So Sean, you last last words on the Irishman. Last words on the Irishman. Yeah, as I say, they. Uh, I, I mean, I agree with your point that there could be more now. I mean, I hadn't really thought about it that deeply. What, you know, it wasn't like a wow moment. But um, yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's what Netflix are going to do. Maybe they're going to bring out, you know, wait a little while and then say, oh, we're director's cut of the or director's director's the six redux, hour, the six hour cut. version, yeah, the, <laughs> and and they serialise it, you know, so. Which I would probably watch it again, even if it was as a serial. Yeah, so, you know the. I, mean, the... I, I, I did. It's, it's funny you were going about De Niro. I really, I really, really like Pacino in this film. Yeah, I, I, did. He, I... Was my, he was my favorite. Pacino was my favorite. Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, you know, crass, but, I... but you know, like and. And, and, and I, I think I think it, it I think the Jimmy Hoffa character fits Pacino at this point in time because that it is certainly that does, is yeah. possibly the most showy role. Yeah. In the film. I think the De Niro role, De Niro role is, he's just, as I said, he is, he's kind of like history's observer, so to say. He, all these things were yeah, happening yeah. and he did, he, he didn't really affect them in any way. He just, he just walked around and did what the, all the players told him to do. And, That's right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, but like, you know, Pacino was doing stuff and 
I, I think I really, really like Joe Pesci because obviously he's all, in all the Martin Scorsese movies before, he's always been like the hothead. And I love the fact that this is just a total inversion of that. But anyway, yeah. we've been, we spoke about this for too long. Uh, for, it's too long, yeah. We had four stars for the Irishman and now we need to move on. So, yeah, the timer didn't make, the timer went, it went off, but it didn't make any sound. Anyway, now we get onto Charlie's Angels, which we have seen in the, which Sean and I have seen in the cinema. Yes. So, Sean, quickly tell us Charlie's Angels. I mean, like, if anybody doesn't know, what is this about? Right, Charlie. Charlie's Angels obviously was a was an eighties eighties TV 70s. program, seventies TV program. Yeah, has been made a couple. There was a couple of films made nineties two thousand. I don't know. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've never seen the other films. Nineties early. I've never 90s. seen the other films because Drew every, and everybody said. I, I think I'd seen clips and stuff, and I mean, I I never really even got the TV series, so you know, I remember the Bosley bit. Okay, Angel. I can't do that voice, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> the the iconic, the iconic Bosley voice. Yeah. But um, yeah, well, well, this show basically, Bosley is like a, a a name for for lots lots of different different characters. It's, but it's like a rank. Bosley. It's like a rank. Yeah, it's like a rank. It's like a a le- lieutenant or lieutenant, as they say in America. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, it's the story is pretty much there's a, a they're like agents you've got these these girl agents and and then there's also this massive company that's created a, a, a thing that harnesses electric but can be weaponized so yeah. they have to they have to try and do it and the, there there is a girl in the company that like knows it's weaponized and they try to yeah, the she, company tried to get rid of her yeah she pretty so much created obviously it. She, yeah she pretty much created it and 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 so they're trying to get rid of her, so that because she's she's making these waves, and obviously it comes within the remit of of, uh, of Bosley and the Angels. So, so yeah. Now this, I've got to say, Tozin, that's basically the story. And as you know, the rest goes on. Yeah, 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 ask it, a tiny, it, tiny. Ask, ask what you want. Yeah. yeah. Is this like a standalone film? Does it do any of the pre? Is it like the Angels have been around for a long time <laughs> and they've just got different ages? Okay, I'm good. Or is this just I, like? I, I, I really enjoyed that. None of that the bit. previous angels exist. Yeah, no, they, I, 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 they, did, they I did. They do have nods. <laughs> they I, do have. That's, that was a really good part of the film. That's a really bit that I enjoyed. They have I, nods. Yeah. The, because, yeah, because the, they do the, have nods. The film kicks off a, uh, at the beginning. Uh, one of the Bosleys is played by Patrick Stewart, and he. The way they said is that he's the original Bosley, and they have this montage that says that he's been there from the very beginning. So he's been. Ah. So, and so they have these pictures of him in the 70s with the 70s Charlie's Angels and then with him in the 90s with the 90s Charlie's Angels all the way up to the present day with it. so the whole idea is that this thing started off in America but it's grown and grown and grown and like the Townsend Agency because it's Charlie Townsend and his, his agents are called yeah. Angels has now grown and it's now all over the world so, so they do acknowledge that all these other things do exist and this, but now and we've gone international. Have existed. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Then thank you. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, Sean, so, so Sean, it's not... I was just curious about that. Yeah. So yeah you're about to say good. something. Yeah. You're about to launch into something. I think. I was going to launch into. Do you know what? I was, I was, I was thinking. I'm really, really not going to like this movie. I'm, you know, it's going to be. It's not going to be the sort of thing. Yeah. Back to John, the happy. He goes. I'm not bothered to see that movie. It will be rubbish. You said. I've seen it from the. You know, Happy John. Happy John. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, so he wasn't going to go. He didn't want to come see it. Um. But you know, I really, really enjoyed this film. I cannot, and I was saying to him, he, he said to me today, I saw him today, and he goes, "You cannot be serious. How could you enjoy that?" I said, "I, I, I just really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a, was I, was, a, I did too. You know, really good fun movie. Yeah. And there wasn't to me, right? In this, Not just a you, hot babe running around with it on type way. No, 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 no. 
They were. Is it that not? The, it's not that sort of Charlie's Angels anymore. No, no you see, it's you not see, that sort of Charlie's see, Angels. I, yeah, sure, sure. When you finish, I will get onto that. I mean, and I would address. Yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. what you're just talking I'll, about, I'll Sharon. You address that, but yeah. I know, I know exactly what you're going to say, which is why we wanted Sharon to see this, really. Yes, but yes. Anyway, maybe you might after. I'll, I'll, <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, back to it, it's. It's just. I mean. The action sequences are not too silly either. You yep. know, my my pet yeah. hates. Yep. My pet hates, and because I was what in this, I was expecting like you know, super major like CGI like things crashing and a bit. I was thinking it was going to be a bit like Mission Impossible, which I yeah. hated. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, with yeah. like heli- helicopters falling down, all this. But no, a lot of for me, and it, there wasn't really anything that I thought was really really stupidly ridiculous. You know. Um, the action sequences are fine. Maybe they took a few too many knocks, but and there were some really great surprising moments in it. And yeah. uh, because I've got, to, I've, I've got to be honest, Toes. The um, you know, I thought, I mean, at the beginning, I don't know if you sort of was thinking, yeah, well, we know he's going to be bad. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know yes. you can just tell, and it's <laughs> yes. and it's played that way, and it's played that way, well, isn't it? Essentially... And I was convinced. I was convinced. I tell you. I, I was convinced. I thought, oh, I know, I know what's going to happen there. I can tell straight away. I know who the who the bad one is. I can. Yeah. And, because, and I, they seriously had me hoodwinked. They seriously, seriously had me hoodwinked. So it was, yeah, it's great. I really enjoyed it. Well, I think I think they do this. They do this thing where because there's a lot of tropes, and it's when we talk about you know how in the Irishman they cast really really good people and they give them nothing to do. Uh, it, they yeah. do a little bit of that in this film where they surround. But I think it's done by design where they surround the cast and they surround the central angels with all these different people and there's all these tropes that you have that show up in all these spy movies and spy tv shows you have the person who is retiring and oh what's going to happen there you have the person and so they give you they give you all these options of oh this could be this could be the person who you think is dead but oh no they're coming back and they cast them with really really well-known people so you, I, and I felt like there was a bit where I kept switching going okay yeah, that's obviously what they're doing here hang on no wait no no that's obviously what they're doing here hang on wait no no that's obviously what they're doing there and and sure enough at the end of the at the end of the day it ends up being one of those things but I think that's they've given you so many <laughs> that it, you end up you yeah, end yeah, up, yeah, 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 they yeah. give you so many that obviously one of them is going to have to be right but it's <laughs> <laughs> but, but so I agree with you I really I thought that they did well with that I mean the option that they went for in the end I was a bit disappointed with as to what was yeah. going on and the bad guy and everything like that. The option I went for, I was a bit disappointed with, but I was quite good. Yes. And, now, and now getting on to Sharon about your question about, is it just angels walking around in skimpy clothes doing stuff? Yeah, is it just hot babes? Okay, now this film, this film I think is, and I, I listened to Mark Kermode talking about this and he, he spoke about how subversive this film is and I agree with him massively. The first scene of this film is Kristen Stewart's face. And it's Kristen Stewart's face saying, and she's speaking directly to the camera. And the first thing you hear in this film is, well, I believe women can do anything. And that is pretty much like the, it's like the manifesto for this film. That they've made what looks on the surface like a big bubblegum action movie. And it's like, you know, a popcorn uh-huh. action movie that just happens to have women in it. But from the first scene, they make it plain that no matter who they're going to be fighting, whether it's going to be Blofeld or whether it's going to be blah, 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 that is the bad guy. But the real bad guy in this film is the patriarchy. 
And the real bad guy in this film is like, you know, it's perceptions of what women, women can and cannot do. It's, it's like, you know, the lack of representation that they've had, the lack, of, the lack of them being at the front and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not even a subtext. It is right in your face that, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that this film is being made because it's like, you know, we've had all these films for so long where all the men are front and center and they're doing all this kind of stuff. And now we're going to make a film that has women at the front and center of it. And has women issues on it, and it's like, and we've, and, and I feel like they, they do should... seem quite, yeah. The men seem quite, quite, quite weak in it. The, oh, the, no, the, the, the men, the men are non-existent in this film. Non-existent. They're, they're, yeah. they're either they're either evil megalomaniacs who want to take over the world, or they're non-existent. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I mean, I really liked the bit as well. I, I know it might have been a bit dark, but it was the, like like when they had the big party, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the big party. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed that bit. I thought that was that was. You know, oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I know the bit you're talking about. And, and, yeah, the, yeah. I think, and the thing is, and this is the thing. And and but as I said, I don't think I have ever felt so conscious of the fact that I'm a man when it comes to reviewing a film. Which is why I have been desperately trying to find a woman who's watched this film. So far, none of the women that I know has watched the film. <laughs> I think. No, I think. I, I, I mean, they're, they're going to watch the film because I'm begging them to watch them, like you, Sharon. And Holly hasn't yes. watched it, and Nina hasn't watched it, and I'm like, please, because I there's some things I think, but I really, really. I think to... for women of our, I'm not, I'm not that I'm the same age as Holly or Nina, but um, I think I'm a little bit older than both of them. But I think women of our age, and I'm talking about anyone sort of over thirty, really, has an instant picture in their head when you say yeah. Charlie's Angels, yeah, I'm sure. and you tend to think that's not for me. No. <laughs> Yeah, no. maybe like, maybe we're like more like Happy John than we realise. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's an element of like prejudging there, which is yeah. really wrong. But you you cannot if they're going to take a brand name like Charlie's Angels, then you're going to take some of the associations that go with of it. Of course, of course, I understand. And so you're going to have those. Um, it's going to off. It's going to put people off. Well, you see, and, and now as this, well as attract. And, and now this is the thing that I because this film has not done that well in America. People, it's essentially it's essentially it's been labeled a flop because if you don't do well in America, all of a sudden you're a flop, and it's yeah. and I feel like they needed to have made more of the fact that this is like a revisionist take. It's like essentially this whole film is like it's women taking back Charlie's Angels. That's what this whole film is is about. And I said and as I said, it's as plain as the nose in your face. It is so. It is. There's some bits where it goes. I think it goes a bit over the top with its message. Where I, because I feel like it gets to a point where you're like, um, so, okay, I get what you're saying, and I agree. Women have been underrepresented. Women can do anything. Women can be kick-ass, all the sort of things. I agree with you. But there's some bits where I feel like it just goes a bit overboard. <laughs> and, like, like so, so I think from a filmmaking perspective, from a story perspective, I feel like the, the, the final third of the film, like when they get to this big party that Sean was talking about, I think that that's... That's where, it's, because so far the film has done very much to be, to make sense. It's done very much to be like, you know, authentic. Like, um, I remember when we watched Gemini Man, Sean, you were talking about the fact that they went to, uh, oh, where was it? It wasn't Istanbul as well, wasn't it? But they, they, they go to some country and it's like, oh, I just happen to know somebody here. But and they have a very yeah, similar yeah. thing. They have a very similar thing in Charlie's Angels, but the way they do it, they make it make sense. And it's actually kind of like a yeah, real exactly, life thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and it's, it's yeah. yeah, the fact that the the woman, they, so the the contact is a woman, and the contact who they meet, they try to get information from her, but the only way she'll do it is if they give her 
like you know things like tampons and women's health things for for to help yeah, women yeah. on the street so i mean everything about this film is just geared towards the fact that it says we're women yeah here is more <laughs> it's a, it's it's very much done uh, but the thing is and i applaud that and but the thing is i think like you know how by the by the time it gets to the end of the film you know how we talked about that scene in Endgame where it felt like such a token thing when they went look at all the women we have that's it yeah yeah, yeah. she's not alone yeah exactly <laughs> uh, exactly and it and the end of this film ends up being a bit like that because it does yeah, yeah. I, know, I have to yeah, it, it, it ends up being a bit like and this We're is what yeah no and, and thing is and Sharon this is this is why I was saying I really really want to talk about this with a woman I really want to talk about okay. this because because it's like and I feel like it's it's kind of a set it's almost so sort of says okay we've been oppressed for so long and we've been put down for so long but now what we're going to do is that we're going to take over and we're going to put you in the place that we have been all this time and i'm like whoa whoa wait hang on a second it's kind of like an end game i thought that the bits that worked best were when they showed the men and the women fighting side by side and then having yeah. to do this bit where they said yeah. oh all the women where are all the men ignore all the men all the women i was like oh hang on wait no i, th- I thought it was about equality and not about you being as bad as doing what you've done so th- so th- towards the yeah. end of the film it's kind of like i'm actually th- my, my mind is like where so in this world that you're building because obviously the bad guy in this film is the patriarchy and you're fighting against like the perception women and everything like that and the way the film ends it did leave me with a question that went so in this new world of yours where women can do anything is there any place for men is th- wow that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was like is there any place for men or are you just going to, is your thinking eradicate that? And it, so for something, for a film that, you know, on the surface of it looks like a popcorn blockbuster, I feel like Elizabeth Banks, who wrote it and directed it and stars in it as one of the Bosleys, I feel like she's put so much in there and I could talk about this film for hours because there is a subtext that is right in the front in front of you as to what on earth is going on here. It's like, what is actually you're thinking about about gender equality? How do you think it should go for... Uh, mm. So it's... So yeah, please, Sharon, please watch this film. And yeah, I, I have questions. Yeah, i interested on that sort of... The gender politics side of it because, again, I think it's cultural as well. I think women's experiences are, are different in different cultures. And yeah. I think the same as in America as in Britain. I think we've seen women prime ministers. We've had a female monarch for nearly most of it. Well, all of us hit the whole of our lives. We've had a, a female mm. monarch. Um, and we've seen women in do different roles who, that previously women have never thought they were possible. So I've never, ever felt that, you know, I wasn't able to achieve anything I no. wanted. But I don't know if that's because I'm not a woman raised in America where they've never had a woman president. But when there was a woman president nominated, people were talking about her clothes and her hair, mm. not about her policies. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know whether that is a cultural <coughs> thing that will, it will make a difference in how I see this film. Yeah. But I'm prepared to take one for the team. Uh, and <laughs> might surprise you, Sharon. Might surprise you. Yeah, no, but as I said, I, I really, really like this film. Which is and I did too. Um, so I put up, I put up on Facebook, essentially putting something say it was pretty much an appeal saying, "Has there any is there any woman I know who has watched this film?" And what I got was <laughs> what I got was people complaining about the film and how, how how they thought it was rubbish. Weirdly enough, they were all men, but I think that's because none of the women I know have watched this film, which I think is. No. I, I, I feel like this is this is part. Of, there is some weird 
kind of perception thing going on. It's a bit like how people said, like, you know, when Barack Obama went for president, like, a lot of the black people went, he's black, we've never had this before, we're going to go do this. But when Hillary Clinton went for president, not, a lot of women did not think, oh, she's a woman, we need to, we've never had a woman. They just thought, well, we don't like her. And it's, and there's, yeah. there's, some, there's some weird thing going on with this because I'm thinking if this film was a hit, for instance, then you would get more kind, it could be a gateway to more kind of women's stories being told. But anyway, it's... It, so why? So I put that on there, but everybody's they just been talking about how they don't like it. But Sean, I agree with you. I actually really, really enjoyed it. It, oh, was, it, it was just bits towards the end that made me start thinking. Hang on, mm. hang, wait, wait, wait. What are you saying? <laughs> It'd be interesting to see, and maybe do I mean, comparison I to other these because yeah. I know there's like been like a, a feminization of the films over a number of years. Yeah, they yeah. did the the Ghostbusters films, mm. and they did yeah. Ocean's Eight, and. Yeah. Over here, we've got Doctor Who is now a woman. Uh, so I think there's been like this sort of like re-feminization of certain things. And to be honest with you, I'm a bit like, nah, about it. Mm. Because I don't think it's necessary. No. I think you just need to write stronger roles for women. You don't need to take a male role or make it a female role or take male, traditionally male parts and give them to women. I think just write better parts for women. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And, you, know, you hear that, Marcia sort of, you know, Yeah. And not try to... like try to rewrite what's been you know i think just yeah write better roles don't yeah, just I, try to take something that there and then you know try to change it because everyone's going to go why do that just write a decent role yeah oh, I, 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 feel the, I feel the same way about about people talking about having a black james bond but uh, <laughs> but but please yeah just but, get write a decent character yeah yeah but <laughs> and then cast it for the best person regardless of ethnicity or gender. yeah the, the difference with this and and oh, Oh, there's so much to talk about on this. There's so okay, but we need there to move on. We'll have to save. We'll have to save yeah. it later. Well, okay, we'll, we'll have to save. We'll have to save it. Save it. Save it. Sharon, please go watch this film. Let's talk about it again next week. <laughs> but I would give it a four. Uh, I'd give it a four too, Tozen. This yeah. was a big surprise for me, and I would watch this again. I would totally. I would totally watch, watch it again. I mean, uh, I yeah. can show you some of the it things. It was a good people... fun experience. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I thought it was actually one of the best type of films of that type like a popcorn spy movie that i've seen in a long time i really, really yeah, enjoyed yeah, it yeah. all right cool and now we go back to netflix and friends we're going to bbc iplayer sharon the capture tell us what this is about yes the capture is a six-part television drama bbc drama and uh, i've only just managed to catch up on it was broadcast earlier in the year it is basically about a british soldier has been tried of, of a war crime in Afghanistan, uh, shooting an unarmed Taliban who was um, begging for mercy. And it's not a spoiler because this is basically the very beginning of the film. He is acquitted of that crime by, um, they say there's a fault in the the video recording, his body-worn video. They're saying there was a fault with it, there's a time delay. The words he said, if you put them at, if you move them like five seconds, then they have a completely different meaning. And they say, oh yeah, actually that's, so they've got an expert to say, oh, yeah, this the, the, the video is faulty. There's a time lag. And so actually that picture doesn't match those words. So he was exonerated. And then later that evening, after his party at the pub, there's um, a CCTV operator is watching out of the pub window, uh, looking at the monitoring all the CCTV. <coughs> and she spots this soldier there because there's something about him. And he's talking to a woman. And then... As the story unfolds in this first episode, you then see this man, well, you then see him assault this woman, drag her off in an apparent kidnapping. Right. You then switch perspectives and you see the, the perspective of this soldier and 
his recollection of the evening is quite different, is that he went to the pub to celebrate with his solicitor. They went, He walked her outside to her bus stop. They had a chat, they had a little bit of a smooch. And then she said, oh, I'll see you later. And she gets on the bus and drives off and then he goes somewhere else. So his recollection of the events is that, you know, he waved her goodbye yeah. and she carried on. And then, but the CCTV of the, the events shows that this woman has been kidnapped mm. and there's a potential crime going on. And then into this situation, you have a, a young up and coming um, police officer played by Holiday Granger and who plays, I'm just trying to think what her color, her, oh, is Jane, it Holiday? Jane oh, yeah. Policewoman. Yes, that's it. Um, Rachel Carey is her, D.I. Rachel Carey. So she's like the senior investigating officer of this, of this inquiry. And so she's trying to unravel what's exactly happened and what starts off is like you think is going to be a quite straightforward oh they're going to try to see if they can you know find the evidence to prove this that this crime mm. has been committed it then takes a sudden turn and it becomes more about um evidence yep can we believe <coughs> what we see how how is it possible to deceive people by um maybe making people believe that what they're seeing is not actually what they're seeing. Same, yeah. And it looks into basically how, and it sort of takes a turn into the world of sort of counter-terrorism and it sort of explores different ideas. And the, the capture then takes on various different meanings. The capture can be referred to the arrest. The capture can also refer to capturing an so image. Screenshot, yeah. And it can also refer to um, a, a sort of a denouement after oh, yeah. a sort of a bit of a, of a mystery so you have these different <coughs> layers so what do you think is going to start off as quite a straightforward crime you know thriller with a little bit of twist because it involves a British soldier takes on a much more complicated and interesting mm, turn cool. and so there's some really interesting cameos pop up in this so we've got Holiday Granger as the DI who investigate it um, the soldier is played by Callum Turner he does his job very well Ben Miles is in it yep um, Ron Perlman pops um, up, yeah. so we know that there's an American line. I'm not going to tell you any more about that. Ron Perlman, angry. And you know, my Sam Kajansen <laughs> appears in it as well. Ben Miles, isn't yeah, it? Ben Miles is in it. Sam Kajansen appears oh, as another nice. American role. And yeah, there's some really interesting. Leah Williams, we used to see her a lot in the sort of 90s, but she's sort of back with the vengeance. I've seen her in a few things lately. Oh, really? okay. So yeah, it's a really interesting cast, and I thought they did it very well but each episode almost sort of ends with you in a different place oh yeah when you right. think you know what's going on and then it's something every now and then you go this what hang on i was not did not see that coming and as someone like all of us you know in this virtual room know you know we get used to how films are made you get used to how they sort of lay the breadcrumbs of a story and it's not it's not it's not often that something does I have managed to surprise and a few, a few times in this it did surprise me because I was sat there thinking well how do they do that then and then when they reveal it you're thinking okay that's quite clever All right. <laughs> so yeah I thought it was for me I thought it was a, a well made interesting thought provoking drama and that, that, that does have an element of the, the moral in there as well so I quite like that you know that there are some grey areas it's all just black and white and yeah, there's like there's 
guilty, not guilty, or there's the truth or lies. Yeah. And it is, you see the blurring between all these distinctions. And I thought that was an interesting, mm. interesting turn for Intriguing. a modern piece of television drama. There's so much stuff out there. There's so much stuff out there. Oh, my well, God. Well, this was one that I had a meaning to watch. No. And when as months go by, or over a yeah. couple of months go by, and you think... Is it? Shall I even bother? Wow! Because I downloaded the whole series, thinking oh, yeah. I download it all, so I've got it all. And you know, you see the clock ticking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be deleted from your. And I was thinking, I've, I've got to watch it. Mm. And I started watching the first one. I was thinking, oh, I'm thinking, I know where this is going. And shall I even? And then by the end of the first episode, I was thinking, actually, I think I might persevere with this one because mm. a number of times I've downloaded a whole series, watched the first maybe one or two, and then thought, I don't really care what happens now. <laughs> and I've deleted them, and then I've just read the synopsis on IMDb to find out what's happened. Yeah, yeah. And I think, that's good enough. I can visualise the rest. I don't need to actually <laughs> see it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so, this did not make me do that. Oh, okay, cool, because it seems like the BBC are doing quite a lot of things like this, especially when it's, like, led by one woman, one man, um, you have bodyguard, you all that kind of stuff and all that. So it's it's uh, yes, it's pretty pretty good. So because yeah, so they're they're, bring, they're bringing out that Brit box, aren't they? So yeah. right, yes, they, they probably want to fill it with good yeah, stuff. Yeah, they want to fill it with good but, stuff. But the, I'm sure. the American influence makes me think that this is another BBC HBO cross platform thing. Blah 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 blah. Which uh, which yeah. seems yeah, to be happening. Wanna... Yeah, like the yeah. like his dark materials, which is going on at the moment. But anyway, so how many stars would you give us? I'd give this a four. Ooh. Four. I don't know why I'm surprised. Yeah. yeah, everything you were saying was pointing towards a four. But yeah, <laughs> I've absolutely no idea why I'm surprised. All right, cool. Um, <clears throat> anything else you want to say on that before we rush on? No, that's no. It's made in collaboration with NBC U. Oh, NBC Universal. Okay. All right. So, so there was a yeah. There was a, it was There's an American, American collaboration. Yeah. yeah. So they will, yes, it will be appearing on a platform near you soon, I imagine. No bad, no bad. Right, and now we go back to cinema, cinema, and it is um, them that follow. Sean, you are the one... Yeah, see, this came to the Isle of Wight, but it came and went very quickly. Yeah, it came and went very quickly. It was on at a really odd time. Okay, and talking about snakes and spiders and creepy things that bite, yes. We talk on this. Okay, so them that follow. This is a story about... um, Obviously, well, it's, it's in the Appalachian Mountains, you know, and there's it's like religious people, and there are actually religious people that use snakes. They do so this. Race, I know this is yeah, this happens. Yeah. So I've seen this, yeah. So this is basically a community, and um, you've got water. It's all based on the passage in Genesis, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah. What? What the snakes or the? The whole the, the snakes. So you have dominion over oh, right, these different okay. things. So they take a passage of scripture and then they make a bit of a song and dance. Back. Right. Okay. Well, so, uh, there's, so, yeah. there's also this story in the Bible where um, Paul has a snake around his arm and he and he gets bitten, but nothing happens to him. And because he yes. isn't because he because he isn't bitten, people go, "Oh my God, he must be sent. He must be sent from God." And so I think that there's a people who think um, who think, "Oh, if we." That if we if if we get bitten by snakes and we die, we're not from God. So uh, for, so yes, for what yeah, I understand, and, this this film is a bit about this. It is a bit about this. It's, in fact, there's quite a lot about this. Um, so yeah, so basically, uh, you, you've got this, and and it, the story I guess focuses on um, on a girl, you know, and she's basically she's engaged to one of the devout, um, you know, uh, one of the devout lads, but she likes this other lad who's not particularly. He's he's like he doesn't you know he's not into the religion he likes her she yeah. likes him but he's not into the religion and um so but obviously 
he, he decides because he wants to, because of certain things that happen, like she becomes pregnant but by the other one and she doesn't want to, which, which I think the acting is really, really good. But it's not the person she's going to get engaged to. It is this lad that's a, a non-believer. And Olivia Coleman plays the mother of the of the unbeliever and says, look, you know, you have to, you have to do, you have to make this right. You have to go and do it. So he basically goes to the church and he got the snakes and all that sort of thing. And he actually gets bitten. And so, you know, it's like, oh, so you've got all that whole thing. Oh, you know, well, we've got to wait and see what happens now. Has he been... So these people are part of a sect and she and so the, the girl gets pregnant and the mother says to be part of to prove yourself. No, no, no not to mother. The, 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 the boy who got a, she the boy who got uh, a was a liver coma. The boy who got a pregnant does not believe he's not. Okay. He, he just wants to get he wants to get the hell away. But yeah. And so, but obviously, because he wants to do the right thing and Olivia Coleman, they're saying, oh, you know, you must put this right because they find it. But it's just the whole story is how that happens but there's lots of interaction because she doesn't really want to say anything and the, the chap she's engaged to he's a bit suspicious and the father's like you know he's like a real zealot Walt Goggins who is absolutely excellent oh, and a little Coleman who is, I like does him. that yeah yeah, yeah I like awesome. I do, you know uh, Walt Goggins I really like him I like yeah, him in Django he can be beaten up by and I really enjoyed him in Ant-Man and Wasp as Ant-Man well. and the Wasp yeah I'll, yeah yeah I got, I've committed many violations but anyway Go on, sorry, no, I was just going to say he's played some interesting roles in things like Sons of Anarchy and yeah. Injustified. Yeah, yeah. He does he does that sort of like hillbilly loon quite well, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so that's basically the story. So there's, there's a lot of tension, a lot of smouldering tension. I mean, it takes a little while probably for the story to build. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it kept me... I, I, I watched it all the way through, you know. I wasn't like... And, and I thought, yeah, I've got to watch this because... Uh, you know, I wasn't. There wasn't any time I was crossing my legs and thinking, "Oh, you know, this is a bit dull. This is a bit dull." Reminded me very much of Leave No Trace. You know, in that oh, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. that sort of that okay. sort of mold. And you know how much I love that film. So, to me, this was a really, really, really top movie, and I think many more people want to see it. I mean, I'm not. I I'm would, sure. I just, <laughs> certainly would have seen it had it you been on a reasonable yeah. hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean the acting's great. I think the acting's uh, acting's first class. And I say it's funny to see Olivia Coleman, you know, playing a, a like a she's got like the old checkered lumberjacky type, yeah, you know, dressed up like the old lumber. But it's interesting to see how the community actually works and how you know when they when they go to the chapel and he's the pastor, you know, Walter Goggins yeah. is the pastor, and they're all sort of I, I, I don't know. It's just something about it because although they believe and they were like yeah yeah yeah, but you can see that. Perhaps some are a little bit sceptical, you know. But, of course, the lad who's, who's – I've seen him in something else. Um, he plays Augie. Uh, which one? Thomas Mann? Is it Thomas Mann? And I've seen it. He plays He plays the lad who doesn't – you know, he's like a – just wants to get the hell off. Doesn't, yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. believe. So, you know, and ob- obviously – Obviously, he gets uh, oh. he gets bitten. All right, know? so so he gets so. bitten, and then does the film become a case of what happens to him, or does it become a case? Yeah, of... Yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of the second half. Pardon? He was in them that follow. Them I don't that know if follow. That's the one that you recognise him from. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the one we're talking about, isn't it? So, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, of course, sorry. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's so, that one where the one that um, I'm thinking of the film. Sorry, pardon, it, pardon. It, follows or something it no, follows yeah i mean that's that what a, it made me okay. yeah i know <laughs> yeah no it up. follows i was funny enough i was going to say that i was thinking about that because that's a good film too i really liked it follows that's, that's that's a great film that's a whole metaphor for for uh <laughs> for STDs, but, yeah yeah but anyway um 
Yeah, so, no, I, I can't say enough that's good about this film. He was in Kong Skull Island. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it, Kong Skull Island, yeah. Oh, so, 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 I mean, so. I think it, for me, it's, it's you know, it's up amongst with the um, Leave No Trace sort of films. All right, cool. So, yeah. So, 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 so one star it's, then. It's a, for, yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, this, this, got, this has got to get a strong four. Strong wow. four for me. Strong four. Really, strong really strong four. four. Really, really, really enjoyed it, yeah. Oh. It's funny how I like these. You know, you get all these major, massive yeah. big blockbuster films. And Did yeah. you like Winter's Bone, which is sort of a similar vibe where it's not a mount, it's an isolated mountain community that has its own rules and its oh, own way of was doing that things. Sirossi, whatever her name no, was. No, that was Jennifer Lawrence. A young Jennifer Lawrence, but that's her breakout role. I don't think I've seen Winter Bone. Oh, I think you'd like it. Yeah, so, yeah, no, no, that doesn't ring a bell. So that, that was on so, either Amazon um, Prime or Netflix recently. Oh, okay, I'll have yeah. to, i have to, i have to check that one amongst all the others. But, yeah, 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 no, no, this, this, a highly rated film. It may not be everybody's cup of tea, but I really like these. I really like these. I guess low budget, mm. sort of, you know. Sort of, well, character is all. Yeah, because so, we, we can blow things up, so we're going to have to focus on story. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it's really interesting, and um, you know, some of the snakes are uh, proper proper snakes, you proper know. bitey snakes, proper Oof. bitey little bitey snakes. What was that word you taught us earlier, Tosin? What what word? The word for snake, the Nigerian. Oh, agua. 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 Yeah, the the the. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Ah, I fixed it. The timer actually makes noise now. That's good. Perfect timing. Perfect timing, little one. Perfect timing. Yeah, agua. That's the Igbo word. Is the Igbo word for snake? Actually, I don't know what the Yoruba word for snake is. What is the Yoruba word for snake? Yeah, never mind. But uh, yeah, but yeah, agua. So that's what that's what we just call this film. Just just yell that. Yell that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, good. So four stars for that. <clears throat> and now we come on to the final film we're going to be talking about today. If I can stay alive long enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, good Lord. This is what throat thing. Okay. Drink of water. Drink of water. So this is a film called Britney Runs a Marathon, which is the second film this week that we're going to talk about that blurs the line between what is cinema and what is Netflix or Amazon Prime or what you can watch at home. Because I think this film was released in the same weekend in both cinema and at home. So, this is a film that stars Gillian Bell, who is someone who you might have seen in other... In, she's been like supporting characters in like other films and stuff. Probably the most high-profile thing she was in was 22 Jump Street. In which, in which she... Okay. Yeah, yeah, she plays the bad guy in 22 Jump Street. And she's uh she's like a comedian from the sort of like you know the uh what's the word the improv improv background kind of thing, and in this film she plays a character called Brittany. And when you meet Brittany at the beginning of the film, she is a bit on the heavier side. <clears throat> she has a group of friends and like you know they go out partying all the time and all that kind of stuff. And she is kind of like you know the funny one in the group. So she's the one that like you know of uh, while. It, it, I'm not sure. I don't think this actually happens in the film, but it's it's the kind of person like oh, while her friend is making out with somebody else, she's holding the coats, that kind of thing. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And so as being being a party girl and all that, she goes to the doctor. She's she's trying to scam some Adderall, which is something like uh, apparently having a having a doctor for a wife tells me that people come into the hospital and try and feign these things so they can get these drugs. And Adderall is kind of like an ADHD drug. 
which apparently gives you a high. So people can take it and it's like an easily obtainable high, especially if they don't have to pay for it. So, <laughs> oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. so she goes to the doctor trying to get Adderall and, um, and the doctor actually says, uh, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not going to give you any Adderall. However, you could do with losing some weight because at the moment you are putting on you, you essentially your weight is becoming a hazard to your health. <laughs> And she's like, what? What are you talking about, doctor? You're trying to fat shame me, everything like that. Coming here looking for help and everything. And he's like, hey, look, no, this is not fat shaming. This is just science. You are going to be in trouble with your blood pressure, with your, <laughs> with your cholesterol, all that kind of stuff, with your liver, if you don't slow down and if you don't lose some weight and if you don't stop drinking and all that kind of stuff. So he says, maybe you should go join a gym. She goes and has a look at wh- whether she's going to join the gym and realizes, how much do the gyms cost? Rubbish, I'm just going to go outside and run. So then the film becomes this whole thing about how she starts running and what that actually means for her and why she starts trying to look after herself. And it's all about like, you know, the first time that she goes and tries to run and she just imagine everybody looking at her and thinking, oh my God, why is she trying to run? And so she just can't handle it and then she runs in, she, she runs back into the house, that kind, of, that kind of thing. She goes out, she's running, she's wearing the wrong bra, she's wearing the wrong shoes, all that. So eventually she has a, she has a neighbor in this New York apartment that she lives in who gets her into running. And so it's, and then from there, it just becomes about how she runs and how she, the running becomes kind of like a catalyst for her to think, you know what, I actually really need to change some things in my life. Some of my friends might not be the best for me. My lifestyle might not be the best for me. Going out partying every night might not be the best for me. And it, and it goes, it follows her journey. And apparently it's based on a true story of the director, the guy who directed it, one of his friends is the real life Brittany. So, yeah, so, and then she has this goal, and the goal is to run the New York Marathon. And you watch her as she goes through this whole thing, and as her body changes, and as she gets fitter, and she gets better and better and running, and then it goes from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum, where she just seems to get, it becomes all-encompassing. And she starts ignoring her family because, oh, no, 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 I've got to run, I've got to run, I've got to go for a run in the morning. She's the kind of person who, they're like, oh, you're going to come see us? She's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry, you see, I've got this run tomorrow. So you can't come there for my birthday? No, I've got to go run. And and it and the good thing about it is that the character herself, the character of Brittany, is not a she's not a saint. She's not a oh my god! Like look at this, I started running, everything was fine with my life. She's still kind of and it talks a lot about sort of like what she's internalized or what people say about her. So if they say oh you're the you're the fat funny girl, and what she thinks about that, and then how like she gets to this point where she starts running and like the less fat she she gets. It's like whether she starts actually liking the attention she's getting because she's not so she's she's slimmer now and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's uh, it's one of these, as you said, Sean, you know, when you talk about a smaller film that um, Mm -hmm. focuses more on stories and everything like that. So it gets into a lot of issues, which I don't think get get given this kind of they don't get given this kind of spotlight. Yeah, yeah, spotlight uh-huh. treatment, you know, because usually, like, if you have a fat person in a film, it's kind of like a one-note thing about whether they're struggling with their weight or anything like that. But it's, uh, a, and it's funny, if it's even funny where there's a scene later in the film where it's how she starts treating other fat people. And it's, and I, I just, I, I thought it was quite interesting. I thought it had some interesting ideas. I feel it sort of peters out towards the end. I think towards the end of the film, it's kind of like, a, well, okay, and... Uh, and your your point is, and it it doesn't it doesn't yeah, yeah it, it doesn't what yeah no I was just thinking I was just reminded me when you said that she goes out and then goes back again it reminded me once when I thought I do I mean I thought I'd start running but I remember once 
I got up quite early in the morning. I thought, yeah, I'm going to go for it. I put on track suits and all that. I got out of the front door. I ran down the road a little bit, and I thought, oh no! And I turned around and <laughs> come back in. <laughs> yeah, I must have gone. I must have gone all of like twenty yards or. <laughs> 50 yards. <laughs> so it, yeah. it's funny because big, yeah. people say that apparently that is quite relatable. The bit where she tries to go for a run for the first time, people find that quite relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> there was a there was a film with Simon Pegg in a number of years ago, now Run, Fat Boy, Run. Yes, yes. Do you think it's got a sort of hints of that to it where it Ooh. can sort of transform lives as well as... It has, it, it, it has hints of that. Okay, so now you see, Run Fat Boy Run has more the... Yeah, actually, that's a very good comparison. You know, it has more... You know, he has the whole thing where he's running because he wants to see his child and he's trying to get his woman back and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's that whole... And essentially, this is not so much about that bit. This this is so much... It's, it's a lot more about focusing on her and why she's doing it for herself. It there, So there isn't really an external push to say go do this because i know run five ball run he's trying to run the marathon because if he runs the marathon and he if he beats in his head if he beats the man that she's going that his that his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend is going out with now then maybe she will come back to him and this film doesn't make him a better man it'll make him a better man and this film doesn't really have anything like that it's just it's just a case that she's just doing it because she it starts off because the doctor tells her to, and then it gets on because it just becomes actually this is this is good for me. So it's a lot more about her than it is about a sort of external impetus, so to say. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but yeah, that's it. I would give it a three because I do think I, I think it starts off interesting. It starts off with like, oh, but then it sort of peters out, and when it finishes, you're kind of like, well, I guess there isn't really any drama in somebody training for a marathon and then running a marathon. Ta-da! <laughs> but but it's still I, I think it's still a worthwhile movie. I think Gillian Bell is really really good in it, especially because they don't use any sort of fat suit or anything like that. And she actually did the training, so you as you're watching the film, you're seeing her losing weight because she did all the training in the film. So she starts off at a certain weight, and apparently she lost quite a bit of weight during the course of the film to the point. So essentially, the journey of the character is the journey that she went through in real life. So she actually did like a I guess I guess she did a bit of a Christian Bale and changed her body but through exercise as opposed to starving herself to, right. <laughs> yeah so yeah three, three out of five all right cool and now cool. we've got to the end people we've got to the end and uh, I'm here clutching clutching a bottle of something that I have to drink soon because <laughs> <laughs> because I am I am I am I'm fading quick but but all that's left to do is to figure out who won this week and this is, guys, it's another close one. It's another close one. And See, I couldn't call it this week. I know it's going to be very close. Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it started off, I'll tell you what, it started off with a first round. We had Knives Out. And with by the time we collected all of our scores and everything like that, we had a 3.5 for Knives Out. Then we had The Irishman. The Irishman had a four. So, ta-da, the Netflix is ahead. Then we had Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels, Sean and I bucked the trend of people well people on my facebook anyway saying that oh it was a rubbish film and we said no we loved it great film it got a four sharon you saw the capture we got a four so that that's it we're even in that round so netflix yeah. is still ahead them that follow them that follow sean loved it thought it was you something like you were you were short of saying one of your best films of the year and yeah, uh, yeah and gave that a four and then we ended up and so at the moment like you know netflix is still ahead and then we ended up with british runs a marathon we had a three which means that cinema 
Cinema. Ooh, I wouldn't have been able to call that one. Yeah. By half a point. Cinema. Yeah. Oh, wow. Less, less than that. It's like no point less one. No point one. Wow. Yeah. No point one. Wow. Cinema. It was Pips close edition. last week as well, wasn't it? It was a no point one week last week as well. Yeah. But that went for Netflix, and this one, no point one. Cinema takes it this week. So, uh, oh, thanks, guys. Thank you so much for for being here, and thank you so much for putting on with me, coughing all the way through this. And oh, <laughs> we barely registered. <laughs> and oh, all that's left to say is a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Yes, we will see you guys next week when hopefully some of the women I know will have watched Charlie's Angels and then I yes. can actually finally say, come on, tell me, tell me if I'm being tell sexist me. here. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, cool. Uh, thank you very much. See you guys next week. Bye.